Welcome to the Marshall Pruitt Podcast in your week in IndyCar guest episode. Who's our guest? Who? Who? It's our man. It's the number one purveyor, North Carolina's all-star of Bed Bath & Beyonds, the <laughs> Scott McLaughlin. Holy cow. How you doing, my man? I'm good. You know, I feel like a fraud now because I haven't been to Bed Bath & Beyond in a long time. So, um... You just reminded me that I've really got to go there. I really have to go there. Do you realize anyway. the sorrow you've created? The the financial uh-huh. dip? The people who, who've lost out on bonuses uh, from all the stuff you haven't bought? You, clearly, the economy is tanking there because of you. Well, I, I, I know. And it's it's I, I feel so terrible, especially in the North Carolina-type economy. Um, I uh, have got everything sorted in my house right now. You know, I, I feel like I've had enough time to get everything ready. I've had a, nearly a full season of IndyCar, and I can't believe it's you know, coming to the end and um, of my first season. And it's uh, it's been a lot of fun. So um, yeah, I, I just haven't had no reason to go to Bed Bath and Beyond. But um, anyway, it's all good. I think we just found one second house. Mm. Off season's coming, man. Need to buy a new house <laughs> and outfit it. We've just found you a reason. <laughs> Exactly, but uh, yeah, I don't know if I've got the cash for that right now, so I'm just going to lay low for a little bit. <laughs> Fair enough. I don't know. Roger might have told you, if you win IndyCar Rookie of the Year, $10 million, more than winning the Indy 500. It's amazing. Oh, yeah, oh, and dude. the championship. Perfect. Telling oh, for you. That, for that case, I'm taking out Grosjean. <laughs> no, uh, but see? I'm making it happen. Totally. New Garden can win the championship. He'll be borrowing money from you in the off season. Yeah. That's what I'm oh, saying. Look, so, I'll tell you what, no dramas. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's say as we always do, a huge thanks to Cooper Tires for supporting us, powering the road to Indy. Obviously, our great, great friends at the Justice Brothers, manufacturers of fine automotive chemicals and lubricants, and then finally TorontoMotorsports.com. Do a lot of fun stuff with them. They're racing memorabilia and all the stickers and T-shirts and foolishness. So thanks to them. Let's get rolling. My man, as usual, folks love having you on the show. And I figured, as you mentioned, rookie season winding down. It's perfect time as we move into this West Coast swing. You get to go rock and roll at Portland, Laguna Seca, and Long Beach. So why don't we kick off here with Neutrino Links, at Neutrino Links on Twitter. I have no idea what that is, but that's a great mm. thing about social media. Screen names it says, you've done fantastic in your first season of Open Wheel. My question is... Why was the IndyCar switch with Penske done as opposed to say trying to get in on the NASCAR side? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. I think uh, first part of the question, I feel like I'm. I, I thanks for the the pep like the pep up. I knew you weren't going to buy I, that one though. <laughs> yeah, because but I have been I have been not completely phased with my performance but i at the same time i've got to be realistic with it as well and realize that it is my first ever open wheel season um and that's taken some time to really adjust to that and actually accept that you know it's going to be tough tough i've learned a lot of new tracks like portland this weekend i've never been to before plus on top of that i'm trying to still trying to figure out this car and, and get myself in a comfort level so that's been hard but uh, but for all those reasons, that's a lot of the reason why I wanted to go IndyCar because it's completely different to what I'd ever done. Not saying a NASCAR is very similar to a supercar, but at the end of the day, it's the NASCAR still has a roof over my head and you know the same sort of you know the way the cars felt feel and, and a few things a little bit heavier. 
the Indy cars, like I said, completely different to what I've ever done. I've never done open wheelers, I've, I've, let alone wings and slicks, let alone you know a beast of a car like the the Indy car. But to see Indy car and knew, I knew where it was going with Roger and um, just really exciting times for everyone. And we've seen that this year, you know, with the TV numbers and and bits and pieces. I think that Indy cars in a really good spot right now and. You know, I was excited to have the opportunity. And to be honest, I've loved it. I've said this to you a number of times. I've loved it since I was a kid. So, you know, I mean, I've always idolized Scotty Dixon and, and, and seen him from a New Zealand perspective. And I just wanted to be a part of it and to be a part of Team Penske and doing it. Uh, it's not a bad thing either. It's certainly a very cool and uh, dream come true. No, fair point. Uh, let's see. WhoRaced.com asks... Because you made a switch to another form of motorsport, one that is pretty different, did you do any time looking at some others who moved from fairly significant disciplines to other disciplines in the sport, mentioning, say, Montoya going from IndyCar or F1 to NASCAR, Grosjean coming from F1 over here? Not as big of a jump for him, but curious, though, if you did any studying to learn or see what you could pick out from those who made the big discipline jumps. Yeah, look, I think if I was to switch from an IndyCar to a supercar, I think that would be a lot more difficult. If I had done all my racing in open wheel and then all of a sudden I jumped into a heavy car with less grip, with lots of power, um, that would be very tough. Uh, I, I guess in some ways I haven't really done a huge amount of study. I, I guess the last month or so or two months where I've really sort of chilled out my mindset in terms of the expectations I put on myself. I've done that because I realize, you know, even people that have been open wheelers their whole life, you look at, you know, Pato Award, Marcus Erickson, Colton, you know, I mean, Colton won in his first year, but, you know, Marcus and Pato, you know, they're in their third year or second and a half for Pato. And, you know, they're really, you know, obviously um, been shining lights this season, let's be honest. And um, I've got to, I realise I'm, you know, I've probably got three years before I'm completely knocking on the door, you know, week after week after week. But I certainly can get faster and faster as as every week goes on here, and and maybe pop up sporadically from time to time. But obviously the 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 main goal is to be consistent all the time for sure. Related question. I know you've answered a lot of these, but I also realise that you have some folks who are just happy to connect with you for the first time. David Zitterbart's curious, saying, "Hey." Last few years, you've had some outstanding battles in uh, supercars. Also, talking about you know, in those years, the conversation of aero wash started to come up a little bit into the conversation. Curious how you could either continue to cope with, or maybe feeling like you're fully grasping the bigger aero and weight differences here in IndyCar in that aero stuff, the aero wash in particular, which it can monkey with your performance if you're not careful. Yeah, look, it's um, I'm thankful that the last few years in supercars, the aero wash actually come into effect a bit because I, I think that's helped me a lot on the ovals to understand it and feel it and know when it is. Um, you know, it's just a massive understeer moment, and sometimes in the Indy car, it actually, you know, you can, you can certainly get dirty air and it can make you loose in some in some points. And I found that at at, uh, at Gateway, uh, which was really interesting. So, yeah, like I said, thankful that. Um, uh, I, I was able to have a semi feel of the car um, in aero wash and um, supercars just to get me a bit of an introduction before I 
headed to uh, IndyCar. And I certainly think that's actually helped me adapt to the ovals and a few of the fast corners um, faster uh, this season. Let's go to Caleb Whistler. Says, what has surprised you the most about the uh, the IndyCar season so far? This uh, the season long circuit. Curious uh, what you feel like you need to work on maybe during the off season uh, to have an even better second season. And I uh, got a related question from Stephen Hayes talking about living in a new country. Any of the any new biggest eye openers uh, or biggest letdowns uh, living in America? So I know you got that the last time you're on, but maybe there's an update there. But yeah, a little bit of looking ahead of uh, your your mental checklist to work on for season two, and also how are we uh, making you happy or letting you down here in good old America? Yeah. Oh, to be honest, everyone's been nice and, and it's been fantastic. But the in terms of uh, my performance and where I want to improve, especially in the off season and maybe in these last three races, for me it's qualifying, and I guess in some ways it has surprised me because that's been a massive strong point for me in the last sort of five years in supercars, maybe, maybe even earlier than that. And in times it's been really frustrating um, because I just, what I'm really struggling with right now is just feeling, you know, the black tire, I feel pretty strong on the primaries, but once I jump on the alternates and on the reds, I, I just, I just don't know like the level of grip. And I guess in some ways, I don't get enough time, especially when I'm not qualifying and, and getting into Q2. You know, I don't have that extra time to work on my qualifying speed, um, you know, on the red tyre. Because once you get into race speed, you know, your pace drops a little bit. The, the red tyre certainly feels a little bit different when you've got a full um, heavy load of fuel. Uh, so I've really got to work on trying to get out of Q2, get into Q2, get into that top 12 and be able to use the red tyre again to really advance my learning. Um Going on to the country, I've loved it. I mean, I, I people are nice. The fans have been great. Uh, probably the thing that I, I I miss the most about Australia is just the is a, a New Zealand is a, probably the coffee and the breakfasts that we have. I feel like the only breakfast we can sort of well, in saying that, when I go to California and stuff, it seems that the breakfast you can get some decent avocado toast with poached eggs down there. But uh, that's my go-to breakfast, and I'm really struggling to find that here in North Carolina. So yes, uh, yeah, yeah, it's one of those things. See, I mean, of course, you're located where you need to be by the shop. I'm just saying. And Grant, I know your wife is from the East Coast, but yeah, uh, you guys might need to think about vacationing out here, spending some time. You're going to get all the avocado toast, you name it. You're going to get great burritos. You're going to, you know, I'm just saying, yeah. a little closer to yeah. home. I think I think you might find it. Uh, a little more to your liking. Uh, let's see. Where should we go here? Jamie Dolinger is curious. You mentioned fans. Is there anything that stands out between uh, Aussie V8 fans and IndyCar fans so far? Uh, positive, negative, or, or otherwise? Uh, no, I think, to be honest, it's very positive. Um, fans are very passionate for their driver here. Um, you know, you see a lot of t fans in Australia that support you know, the team of Shelby Power Racing or the team of Red Bull or something like that. But um, here in America, I feel like it's very, you know, um, there's a Tony Kanaan fan, there's a, there's a you know, a, a Grosjean fan, a McLaughlin fan, a New Garden fan. Um, and, and they're very, very supportive and, and, and not one-eyed, but like just, you know, that's their guy or, or girl, you know, it's, it's, it's um, unreal. So, 
the passion for one person has been great. Um, I guess in some ways for me, I think with the lack of autograph sessions of late, especially, I feel like the American fan is very grateful, grateful for the opportunity to meet us, to interact with us. And it makes you feel good. You know, you're really making someone's day. Um, there's a little kid, Asher, he comes to a lot of the races and he's been interviewing me a few times. A few of the other drivers, he's a, he's a cute kid. And he, uh, I always give him a little bit of beef because he. Uh, I, I gave him a hat once at Mid Ohio, and he. Um, and I always see him with another one on, so I'm like, "Hey, mate, where's my hat?" Ah. <laughs> but he's, yeah, <laughs> but he's a good kid. I know he's got heaps of hats at home that he puts on in different interviews. And yeah, the, the passion in these fans is fantastic. You know, I'm not saying that the passion down under isn't there because there is a lot of passionate fans, especially for myself. But. I feel like they they're really grateful for the opportunity to meet us, meet us in car drivers, and that's really it's really refreshing to be honest. Give it some time, you know. We we kind of got tired of Will Power a little while ago. Yeah, I know you've gotten tired of him already, right? The guy just won't let it go about <laughs> dress code and whatnot. But you know, for the most yeah. part, we love the majority of car drivers. But uh, Will doesn't get it that I actually like wear non-uniform now, just purely for him. Oh, like, totally. I'm, like, I'm just. That that is what I do now. <laughs> He's not the least bit OCD. Oh, <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. that's brilliant. Uh, let's see uh, a beetle with a turbo at Sam underscore Shark seventy five on Twitter. <laughs> nice. I know. Says uh, Scott. What's the best thing about having Rocket Rick in your ear, Mister Mears? And I know that Rick isn't traveling to every race like he used to, but still, uh, in a team full of legends, having you know one of the all-time greats tell us about that just the influence of rick mears the influence is one thing certainly um you know just just talking to him about the car and what i'm feeling and he's got such a such a feel for the car regardless if he hasn't driven these modern day indie cars but the way way he talks about the things on the oval he really gets it and and you can talk to him without even looking at the data and he'll know what to change already on the car he's been really helpful in that right um you know especially you know little things like you know i've gone out and haven't felt quite right with the car and he's he's recommended hey should we take some front wing out and i'm like yeah you know what it's probably not a bad thing i take some front wing out right now and then it settles it down and we add the front wing in later i guess as a rookie growing up and not really knowing what the car feels like at those high speeds it's he's just been the ideal person to have in my ear but one thing that's been amazing with rick is just the stories, man. Like yeah. the, the the stories of, you know, how it was back in the day, you know, like off track, on track. Like I love just picking his ear about, you know, his Formula One tests is, you know, did he ever want to go to NASCAR? Um, you know, it's, he's just a, he's a guy that's seen it all, especially in motorsport. And you know what? I didn't know how big a deal Rick Mears was in America. Like he was, he was like a celebrity, right? Like he was like a big time superstar. And I, I didn't realize that. And I noticed that, especially when I went to Indy. <laughs> so I, the, the guy is a guru. He's so down to earth and, um, and really, really lucky to call him a friend now. Possibly the best to have ever done it on ovals. I mean, just, <sighs> it's like going to the university of mirrors whenever you just sit down yeah. and listen uh, it's, it's amazing. so nice <laughs> it's very lucky i'll count myself very lucky marshall the other thing that's cool too and, and i'm sure he's told you some stories and there there's more there where he came from 
right? One of the things that I was hoping to yeah. do here before the end of the season, I don't think it's going to happen, but maybe early next year is to get Rick and someone who looks up to him and has idolized him forever, one of your uh, your competitors, Jimmy Johnson. These guys grew up not on ovals, not on this, not on that, open wheel. They grew up in the dirt, off-road racing, Baja 1000, insanity. And you go, wait a minute. <laughs> How do you go from flying yeah. 30 feet in the air in a truck on dirt and rocks to mastering the fine art of moving the steering wheel one millimeter in turn one during qualifying at Indy and throwing it on yeah. pole at nine million miles an hour. Like, how do you make that transition? But both of them have done it, but Rick in particular. So want to get those two I together. I didn't even realize. I didn't even realize that JJ did that, and, and I, until I spoke to him, we we played a bit of golf and and um, really got to know him a little bit better outside the racetrack and. I, yeah, that's where Chevy picked him up and everything. I, I didn't even know that. So um, it was uh, – he's such a great guy, Jimmy. He's very much like Rick, like just so down to earth What for what he's done. Um, such a cool guy. I really, really enjoy it. have been very lucky and, and really enjoy getting to know him. Really loved it. Figure if they can go from off-road racing to Indy cars, you can go from, you know – a V8 supercar to IndyCar. <laughs> I think you're going to be okay. Uh, yeah, let's we'll get there. got a question here from a guy never heard of him by the name of Ben Bretzman. Uh, says oh, Scott, <laughs> what do you struggle more with hitting a three wood off the deck or making putts outside of five feet? And we should mention we're recording this after a fine day of golf. Yeah, played 36 holes today, Marshall. What? <laughs> yeah, me, me, Ryan Blaney, and Bubba Wallace played 36 holes of golf. <laughs> Crazy. So it was, um, it was, a, it was a big day, um, and I struggled with all of those things that Ben talked about. But Ben is Simon's engineer for people that don't know, and he Simon Pagano's engineer, and we play golf normally every week together. He's, uh, he's, he's my golfing buddy and. Yeah, I I don't trust myself with either of those shots because either one's bad or one's good or they're both bad. There's never there's never two two good peas in a pod, that's for sure. Got a question here. I actually just saw the answer pop up in my inbox from our our boy Crusher and his uh Speed Cafe uh .com daily newsletter with your beautiful face headline McLaughlin 95% sure he'll miss Bathurst <laughs> 1000, but Nonetheless, uh, Fabrizio Fiorenza uh, sent this in in Spanish, and uh, our man Jim Kaiser, who uh, uh, puts together the questions for me each week, uh, and someone kindly translated, said, uh, Fabrizio says, I'll post this in Spanish. I hope you can translate it. He says, since the IndyCar calendar ends soon, any chance you will get to do the Bathurst race? I know, obviously, I just read the headline from Speed Cafe, so we probably got that covered off, but... How are you dealing with, mate, the you've transitioned to a new country, racing in a new series, you left your home country, home region, and former racing series as king, multiple champion, et cetera, et cetera. How are you faring with the, yeah, but I still want to go back and play sometimes because, yeah, I'm doing IndyCar, but it's not like I hate left V8s because I didn't want to be there or hate it, like, is that a thing you have to manage? Because you're a competitive guy. i got to imagine you'd love to win the mountain yet again, if you could, or whatever other race. Yeah, I'm a racer. Uh, you know, any race that I can potentially do, um, 
you know, especially the Bathurst 1000, it's one of the best races in the world, as you know. It's, you know, I'd love to do it. Uh, the biggest drama for me right now is, is just quarantining in Australia. You've got to quarantine for two weeks when you get there. And, you know, I, I just can't, my life is here now. You know, I can't, you know, set aside two weeks plus then be there for another three if I want to. And I want to do a good job for the team. I don't want to be there just quarantine and then race, you know, two days later. I want to be there, test, do pit stop practice, do bits and pieces, make sure I'm 100% comfortable in the car because um, they've got a championship to win as well. Um, so really right now I am pretty much 95% sure I won't make it. But like I said in the article, I think the, the team have given me, you know, rot the uh, to the last minute to – to make a decision, which is, you know, their loyalty to me, they're, they're a great bunch of people. And, and for them to do that for me is fantastic. But yeah, I, I guess the, the itch to go back and race, to be honest, it's, it's not really there. I, I want to race Bathurst. Yes. But now I want to forge a career and a life in Australia and in America and, and make sure that I, you know, put my best foot forward here. The biggest thing for me is just I miss my mum and dad tremendously. My, my sister, look, I haven't seen my sister since Bathurst last year and I haven't seen my mum and dad since February last year. So it's coming up on two years for mum and dad and, and um, it's hard on them. And, and certainly, you know, I was pretty emotional, um, surprisingly, um, not only because I'm missing them, but, you know, the Indy 500 you know, when we were sort of standing by the cars listening to the anthem and realising my mum and dad wasn't there, it was, it, was a, it was a pretty difficult moment, probably one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. But thankfully I had Carly's family there and sort of softens the blow a little bit. But there's been some big things in the last little bit that I wish they could just be here for. And that's probably the only urge to get home is, and to race is because I know that they can come and watch and I can see them. But, um, yeah, that's been difficult for sure. So as usual, you get a lot of interesting questions from your fans, my listeners, uh, all of whom we assume have some sort of uh, screw loose. So we've asked some normal questions. Let's stop yep. doing that. Let, let's I go. I love this. All right. And I love the range of where some of these questions have come in. Uh, <laughs> why don't we start with, which, and I've followed uh, this for a good while, pit lane whiteboard, right? Uh, a little, uh, right? Yeah. Yeah, asking yeah, yeah, yeah. can we have some detailed analysis scott on how the afl finals are going and for those who don't know what the afl finals are maybe you'd, we should tell them first but uh well, yeah. yeah analysis man get on it well afl is australian football league and that's basically nfl in australia but it's a completely different game love it my by the team way. is my team is yep my team and they call it the finals so it's not the t it's not like the nba finals the finals are actually the whole of playoffs we don't call the uh, the finals. <laughs> we don't call the playoffs the playoffs in, in Australia. We call them the finals. Um, so there's four teams remaining right now. Uh, Melbourne, Port Adelaide, Western Bulldogs, and what's the other one? I don't remember, oh, but let's make up something. I've completely blanked. I've completely blanked. I should know this. Anyway, um, the main thing is my team, the Western Bulldogs are in, and they're basically in the semifinals, you could say. Um, so they are going into, you know, they have to win one more game before they reach the, the Super Bowl. Um, so they won the Super Bowl, which is called the Grand Final in Australia, uh, in 2016. And that was hands down, I swear to God, that was probably one of the top three great. I've won Bathurst in a championship. I actually put 
the 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 2016 Premiership, our our Super Bowl win, uh, in the top three of my career achievements. Um, one of the greatest days of my life, Marshall. Wow. <laughs> I'm a diehard. I'm a diehard Western Bulldogs fan. So any Americans that want to watch AFL and want to support a team, go the doggies. The doggies are the team to be. Well, we had a little note here from uh, Robin Strandberg. Get the dogs. Uh, Get so, the dogs. Yes. <laughs> um, let's see. Let's go with uh, Brett Ross. Uh, says, Scott, I've enjoyed your Scott Learns America uh, series on YouTube. If they switched to a Joseph Learns, say, Australia or New Zealand, where would you take him first? Wow. He's an odd boy, well, right? We can say that. We love him. That's not that's not a criticism, but he's no. he's a particular chap. Very particular chap. Yes. Oh, he's he has got he's unbelievable with O C D. that would have well come to find out. He's one of the cleanest human beings I've ever met. Um but uh, which is not a bad thing, mind you, but I uh, I would love to take him first off. If I was going to take him anywhere, I'd take him straight to Bathurst. He has to see Bathurst, and I've told him this. He has to see Bathurst and see the, the, the hills and all that sort of stuff. But um, I would probably take him to my favourite place in the world or in New Zealand at least, uh, Queenstown, New Zealand. It's right down the bottom of New Zealand. It's a beautiful place, uh, very European, Alps-type area, very very beautiful, but uh, then I don't know. I, I think I just try different foods, and yeah, he's very particular with foods too. So I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll figure him out. We'll get him going. Joseph is a great guy, and I've really enjoyed him as a teammate, mate. He's been he's been a, a great bloke. Oh, I love him as well. You'd have to find sushi. Like that's the thing you'd have to find. Oh him. yes, yeah. Him and Ashley are just mad. You know, Japanese lovers. They 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 love that sort of stuff. So for sure, be, I'm a big sushi fan as well. Let's see. Uh, Jeff Zerneski sending a nice little reminder. Hey, Marshall, remember the last time you interviewed Scott? You had to do it twice. Very true. Uh, yeah, have you pushed record this time? Oh, snap. Uh, <laughs> I'm hoping it doesn't crash. It hasn't crashed in a long time like it did that last time. But again, legendary status. You know, I should also mention, too, I should have mentioned this up front. And uh, it's just one of those little kind of grace notes of life. Um, you're the first person. Uh, that wasn't part of the racer family. You're the first person to reach out when Robin Miller died, just to uh, send wow. you know a warm note. And I don't know if I mentioned that to you, but you know, a guy who's a rookie in IndyCar who really didn't get to know Robin much at all, but I think you know understood uh, his importance. Uh, that that said a lot to me that uh, you yeah. you thought to reach out and just you know extend condolences and, and say something warm and positive. So. Thanks for that, man. No, no worries. I mean, I, I guess I'm just leaning on that. You know, I, I got to meet Robin over the Indy 500 month, and he's a tremendous guy, very tremendous. And I know we've said a lot about him, but you could see just his passion and his stories. Like, uh, he was talking to me like I'd known him for 30 years, you know, and he's he just uh, a legend of a bloke, so knew how much he would mean to someone like you that worked with him for many, many years. So for sure, it's it's gone too soon. He's just buttering you up. Honestly, he was going to ask to borrow some money pretty soon, but uh, you know, (laughs) uh, know, unfortunately we didn't get into that really sad side with Miller. That guy's a pervert. (laughs) We'll tell some stories when I see him. I get to meet you in person for the first time, by the way, this feels really weird. Like very exciting. Yeah. Two years now. 
<laughs> trust me, it's going to be disappointing when it finally happens for you. But uh, at least until we get fun. there. Uh, let's see, where should we go? John Nottage. Nottage? I'm not sure how to pronounce your last name, buddy. Sorry. He asks, who is your U.S. dealer for chicken salt? And uh, could you hook him up with your dealer? <laughs> I don't even know what chicken I, salt I is. Well, chicken salt is like a, a different type of salt. It's kind of like a yellow salt. Um, it's definitely a chicken salt type taste. Um, I don't know how to explain it, but Australia is big on it, um, but I'm not big on it. So I don't have a deal, and I don't, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't tend to use it too often. So uh, he's going to have to find someone else for that. <laughs> and a wrong assumption there, John. Uh, let's see, James Counter. I assume you've seen this movie. I think it's part of a just human ritual. Uh, he says, "Is coming to America with Roger Penske anything like the original Coming to America film?" with eddie murphy um any parallels have you uh have you gotten your hair cut at mighty sharp um uh, or anything like that worked at mcdougall's or mcdowell's i should say uh have you become a prince of zamunda since you got here these are things we want to know i'll tell you about a haircut i got my haircut done in a proper bar i was in i was in a bar and there was people watching sport, drinking beers and stuff, and I needed a haircut badly. And I went downstairs and had a beer whilst this lovely lady cut my haircut and was probably one of the greatest experiences I've ever had and felt so American to me. So it was was really amazing. It was really cool. It's not uncommon to go to a bar, drink too much, and wake up at some point in time with a haircut, just not one professionally done. More your mates. Now, uh, it took me like 20 minutes to find this place because I'm like, where's this barbershop? And the, the people were like, no, nah, it's in the bar. I'm like, no, nah, you're just you joking. You're taking the piss out of me just with my accent and stuff. And then and then I walked in and it was it, it was just one chair in a bar. And I was like, well, dog, here goes. <laughs> no, I, I hope you're not drunk, lady. <laughs> so we just made it happen. <laughs> How brilliant. Uh, let's see. A couple more here, brother, then uh, let you go. Um, Eric Celio. I don't think I've uh, gotten a question before from Eric, so thanks for sending that in. Always love it when we get new folks who submit questions, mate. He says, uh, what created more of a skid, bar- skid mark in your undies? Uh, <laughs> going over the bridge in Nashville or qualifying for the Indy 500? <laughs> um, no qualifying for the Indy 500 was just fun I had the best time of my life um, but the the moment I had next to Chilton um, and over coming into turn 4 there at Nashville was oh. probably up there with one of the biggest moments of my career it was, that could have been a monumental um, so it was one of those ones Marshall I'm not lying I let go of the wheel like well, I, I went beyond saving. And I'm like, well, I'm just going to let go and let this thing straighten itself up, and it eventually did, and I saved it. <laughs> so when I come out the other other side, having made the move as well, I was like, damn, that's going to be a pretty good um, onboard footage to to watch. And I, the first thing I did when I got the onboard footage, I just rewound it back and watched that. <laughs> it was unreal. 
I kept waiting for like Dom Toretto to uh, come flying by in his, you know, big Hemi, whatever, (laughs) and have, you know, Fast and Furious 12 Nashville Drift being filmed because you would have been the star of that movie, man. I mean, that that was Uh unbelievable. Dude, I'm a bit worried. It was um, was definitely one of those moments where I I got more luckier than I could have probably asked for. But, uh, you know. I'll take the save and I'll take looking like a superstar any day of the week. <laughs> Did it on purpose, says McLaughlin. Can't wait till next some, year. I need some coverage. <laughs> I was just practicing yeah. this year. Wait till next year, says McLaughlin. Yes. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, John Hollinger asks, did you ever find out who put all the sheep around your bus at Indy? And do you have anything no. planned in terms of revenge if you do? Yeah. Who should we plot against uh, if you don't know? I, I really don't know. I I feel like it's someone in my race team, to be honest. I just felt like it was too soft of a prank from like Connor or Colton. But yeah. at the same time, you just couldn't put it past them because they don't really know me yet. Well, Connor, we know each other pretty well now. But Colton, if it was him, doesn't know how hard he can press me. I'm not really sure. but uh, That feels like a Pagano because it like, it's not yeah. that funny and it's a little yeah. too on the nose. But he'd think it was hilarious. Like that. Yeah. That, that has well, a is, feel. He, you know what and he was next to me in the lot that month so that is interesting but i did think i did confront all of them i come up to the show i said who, who put the sheep, sheep the sheep around the bus so the only one that looked fishy was will so i i don't know <laughs> I, I mean but you just don't know what to think when sometimes when those eyes look at you you know so Yo. you just gotta, it's one of those ones where you're either scared or you just don't know what what's going on <laughs> you don't know if there's like an interdimensional alien looking at you through those willpower <laughs> eyes like it could be yeah. thanos uh you know i mean like you just don't know um no you don't but i can see like some sort of ring little video doorbell something or just some little gopros being put on the bus next year because we need to catch oh 100 percent. no 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 i'm, I'm the, the ring doorbell's happening for sure because i'm 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 I'm, want, I'm wanting to buy a bus maybe for next season, so I'll have it all set up for myself, and it's going to be proper. <laughs> so I'm excited for that. You could make money like McLaughlin Security Service, right? Get some yeah. good camera action going in the bus lot. You can, you know, po- folks will pay well, you for that footage. My dog Chase, we call him the sheriff. So uh, he he uh, he certainly he keeps an eye on things for us, especially when someone comes to the door. So. Uh, the sheriff might be able to do uh, help with that as well. I love it. All right, let's see one or two more. Lance Snyder asks, "Who is your favorite Penske teammate and why?" Says so you can be totally <laughs> honest. No one really listens to the silly podcast, right? I mean, uh, who would be your favorite? Uh, I, mean, um, I think they've got all their their ways. They've got all their, you know, if I wanted to, you know, I guess learn how to deal with the media, the public, how to look and, 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 and feel in America. I'd go to the American poster boy and Joseph Newgarden. Yeah. If I wanted to learn about uh, Menards or, or different types of food or something or um, Having a really you know, strange relationship with your dog. Yeah, yeah, or learn how to teach my dog new tricks, <sighs> I'd come to Simon Pagino. In terms of willpower, oh. I'd... It, you know, the mind boggles, you know, it, it, I, I, I just don't know what I would want him for, but you, Will's the type of guy 
his energy, you just thrive off. You know, you, you need him in the team. He's, he's such a, a cool energy for someone at his age and still has that same drive. So I think from a all right, qualifying perspective, I'd take Will and think he's my favorite guy. <laughs> so if, I, if he made me a couple of tenths faster. <laughs> if you had a desire to become a psychologist after motor racing, power would yep. be the case study, oh, right? It'd be a great study. He would be a fantastic study. He, he, uh, he's, he is a unique individual, but he's, he's, so, he's, but subtly so smart as well. He's so technical, like so technical with what he looks at and what he feels in the car. Some of the stuff he feels is so intricate. It's, um, it's actually really impressive, really oh. impressive. And, and, and like, if you, if you, he, he comes back to the truck and he'll look at some onboard footage and he'll go, Oh, he's doing it that way. Okay. Oh, how much brake is he using? Oh, he's using about, Dave will say his engineer, oh, he's using about 50 PSI, 100 PSI. Okay, cool. And he'll just go out and do it. And he does it exactly the same straight away. It's like he's, 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 um, he's unbelievable in that regard. And that's why I think he's so fast. He, no joke, I, there, if he were tested, however you might test such a thing, he'd come in at genius level. Now, yep. Tying his shoes correctly? I'm not totally <laughs> sure, but it's one of those guys where you go, "Wow, the things you're capable <laughs> of are amazing!" And the 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 holes in some of the basic functionings of, of human existence—that's also amazing. Well, some things he he lost his rental car keys earlier this year. Um, one, a couple other. There's no. I'll have to think of the willpower stories and come back to you. Oh yeah. All right. One or two more here. Uh, our pal Hrishi Dishbon says, now do you regret your decision to become a Wisconsin fan? <laughs> yeah, that's only recent, but no. After watching Jump Around go on just before the fourth quarter the other day, I'm like, that's my team. I'm a party. I love that stuff. I'm, I'm excited for the future. Let's close here, and we've got some more questions about dress code and this, that, and the other. You know, we're just gonna, <laughs> we're going to keep that going. Um, you need uh, you need to wear nothing but willpower uh team gear by the way or you know like from the merchandise trailer something That's with such powers, a good idea powers face if I on walked it. in with like a willpower shirt on 100 percent and a it. willpower hat dude yeah we gotta make this do that let's make that because ha- he won't listen to this again uh but let's make that yeah. happen um, that'd I'll, be funny i'll find the penske merch trailer we're gonna get you hooked up so you can show up for a debrief or whatever just i reckon i know a couple of people too just quietly i might be able to sort that out myself okay <laughs> yeah. i'm just figuring you got you know you got you're busy being a race car driver i can handle no, the nonsense it's fine. <laughs> um let's close with nathan derover i love this kind of it ties your uh, your past and present to future he says i can't think of a more drastic difference between team owners than gary rogers and Roger uh-huh. Penske, and I, I, yeah. I won't pretend to know Gary well, but whenever I got to go down under and cover V8s, he was just awesome. Um, yep. He says, great car. Nathan asked, have you ever felt a little tied down by the, the super professionalism uh, expected of everyone at Penske? Um, were things a little looser uh, with, uh, with Gary? He's also curious uh, if Gary assigned a nickname to you as well, so culturally uh two opposite ends of of the spectrum here but both with great people just let's close on navigating that what that's been like yeah i think i entered gary rogers exactly when i needed to like i like i was 18 years old when i first met gary and signed my first deal and i had a lot of growing up to do 
um, and I was there till I was 21. And I think uh, he allowed me to be myself, get people to know who I am, sort of come out of my shell because I was pretty shy, to be honest. Um, and then I, I guess in some ways, you know, it, it, like I said, he let me come out of my shell. People got to know me. And then, you know, then, of course, you know, Roger Penske got to like know me. But then when you come to to Roger, I, I was – I was 22 years old. I'm, I'm, you know, an adult. I'm, I'm getting older and older, as, and and getting more mature. And I think, you know, I just grew up as a person as well. Um, I don't think I ever was t- tied down by Penske. Certainly, there's a standard, and you know that standard as soon as you walk in the place and anywhere. Um, but I think the two are very, very, oh, you know, if Roger was like. You know, Gary's his 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 demeanor is completely different to Roger, but the way that they go about their business and how they operate in terms of just little things here and there, like they do have their similarities. Um, Gary's a great guy. I still, to be honest, he's one of the he's one of the main people that texts me every race after every race. He rings me all the time. I still keep in contact with him a lot, especially over here. Probably more so than I did when I was racing supercars after I was with him and his team. He's a He's a great guy, um, but he he assigned a well. I basically assigned my nickname myself. My name my nickname was Nigel, because when I first came to the team, I called everyone Nigel who I didn't know know their name. So if I didn't know their name, I just called them Nigel, and I just told them, "I don't know your name yet. I'll eventually know it. Your name's Nigel to me for now." <laughs> And and so like because if you yell out Nigel and you keep yelling it, eventually they're gonna look around. They're gonna like. Who's who's this bloke talking to? <laughs> so eventually, my nickname ended up being Nigel, and away we went. But um, Gary Rogers, certainly one of the greatest uh, greatest guys I've driven for. I haven't driven for many people, but he's he's certainly yeah, he's the one that I, I put a lot a lot of my driving talent, a lot of my you know who, who I am today down to him. And then Rogers sort of just polished me up, and um, you know it's been a, it's been a great to drive for those two people. That's for sure. Oh, I love it. Well, mate, thank you. Seriously, thank you for uh, making some time here at the end of a long day. Now you need to get packed up here and heading out to the West Coast soon. Uh, we got to get this turning up as willpower thing going, and someone has to film it because we just need to mess with his mind completely. Um, no, I think that'd so. be great. I really do. Uh, no, thanks for having me. Really enjoyed all the time, and, and thanks to the fans for all the questions. Now, really enjoyed my first year in IndyCar. It's been up and down, but um, certainly the support and not only myself but my wife's enjoyed and and, and uh you know it's been been amazing um to be in the atmosphere of the indy car paddock because it's certainly a lot different to what i've been used to and and very very fun and, and loving which i've really enjoyed so looking forward to what, what's ahead.